Today's scripture comes from the book of Psalm, chapter 103, verses 1 to 18. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He may know in his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for men, his days are like grass, he flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commitments. This is the word of God. Oh, thanks, Aaron, for uh, uh, reading the scripture today. Happy Father's Day uh, for those of you who celebrate Father's Day. Um, you know, one of the reasons uh, we haven't actually, if you don't realize this, we haven't actually preached or talked about Father's Day or even Mother's Day for the past few years. Um, we, we, I've personally decided not to address it so much because um, it can be a sensitive issue. Um, you know, Father's Day for some people is a celebration and for others it, it could be a reminder of loss. Um, for others it could be a reminder of, of, of difficult childhood. Um, and for others, it's, it's just um, maybe there was no father in their life. Uh, it was mother. Um, and so there are different reasons why we don't address Father's Day. But since I haven't done it, uh, I thought it would be good to just do it again to remind us wherever we stand with our fathers to kind of remember Father's Day, whether it's sweet memories or bittersweet memories or, or even just difficult memories, um, to look at Psalm 103 and see what God tells us about Father's Day, or at least the Father. Psalm 103 is a hymn of praise, and it's celebrating the abundant goodness and love of the Lord for his people. It's the first of four psalms, right, that reflect on God's dealing with his people, Israel, from creation to exile. And in this psalm, God reveals himself as a father who loves. And his love, three things, his love is passionate, his love is unconditional, and his love sometimes can be angry, okay? Passionate, unconditional, but sometimes angry. Because look at verse 13 in our passage today. He, the psalmist says this, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Here in our passage, God reveals himself as father. Now, believe it or not, especially in our culture today, we have a problem with this. Because don't we live in a gender-neutral society? Why is God father? Why not mother? 
Why is he not revealed as God the Mother? Why when we pray the Lord's Prayer do we pray our Father? Why do we why not pray our Mother in Heaven? Is God bound to a gender? And so a lot of people have that question. Isn't it because the Bible and Christianity is a patriarchal religion, a male-dominated cultural religion based in a time far away? Now, here's my answer to this. I'm all for gender equality where it's necessary. But what about mothers here? What about mothers? We didn't do a Mother's Day sermon this year. And I want you to see this word here, this word in verse 13, compassion. That word, that Hebrew word, compassion, is oftentimes translated as love, mercy, or even pity. But none of the English words get it quite right. The word compassion here is much more emotional. It's much deeper. It's an overwhelming kind of feeling. And there are a couple other places in the Old Testament where that same word is used. In Isaiah 49, verse 15, listen to this. Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion? The same Hebrew word. First Kings chapter 3, listen to what this says. Then the woman whose son was alive said to the king, because her heart was full of compassion for her son, he speaks, she speaks to the king. You see, in those two verses where we see the same word compassion, a mother's love for her baby, compassion. A mother who is deeply stirred, yearning with compassion for the life of her baby in 1 Kings. The word compassion is used. That's the word that the Bible uses to describe oftentimes the love of a mother. Yet that same word is found here in our passage, Psalm 103, but it describes now the love of the Father. The Father's love for you. This deep, heartfelt, emotional, yearning kind of love. As a father shows what? Compassion to his children. So the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Now what does this tell us? It tells us basically, yes, sure, the Bible does reveal God as father. And I do think that much of the Bible and much of biblical culture is actually grounded in patriarchal background. But it also tells us that all parental love, not just fathers, but mothers, are rooted in the image of this God. And so not only are we here given a picture of what a good father's love should be like, or even a good mother's love should be like for that matter, but you're given the source. You're given the source of this kind of love. And in this passage, there are a few things in these verses that tell us what this father's love is like. First, we've already said it, it's passionate, right? Uh, it, it, the word compassion means to be deeply stirred, right, from the gut. It's this deep down, in your gut, overwhelming, emotional, I'll do anything for my children kind of love. That's the word compassion. And it's, therefore, it, it's not only understood, but it's felt. Those of you who are parents today, I think it's partly true that part of your happiness as a parent means that now, as a parent, you're only happy as your children are happy or healthy. This is the kind of love and compassion that's described here. God didn't just create you. He didn't just give you life, but he's passionate for you. He shows compassion as a father shows compassion to his children. The second thing we see here is this. Not only is he passionate love, it's unconditional, right? Because look at this. In verse 13, as the father shows compassion to his children, and then verse 14, right after, for he knows our frame, he remembers 
that we are dust. Now, that word, uh, that phrase there in verse 14, he knows our frame, could also be translated, he knows how we are formed, and he remembers that we are dust. When you think of how we are formed and remembering we're dust, what does that bring you back to? Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, that we were created, according to the Bible, from dust. Now, what's dust? I think it's metaphorical, right? What's dust? Dust isn't eternal. Dust isn't omniscient. It doesn't know everything. Dust is temporary. Dust is finite. It's limited. Dust is falling apart. And later on in the Bible, it's a metaphor for being broken, being flawed, being even a little messed up. That's what dust is. And in verse 14 in our passage, the psalmist is saying, God knows this. God knows this. He knows you are limited. He knows you are weak and flawed. And yet, he says, I still love you. I still have compassion for you. Now, we need to be more specific specific here because there's an important word in verse 14, and that's this three-letter word at the beginning of the verse. He doesn't just say he knows how we are formed. He says, for, F-O-R, for he knows how we are formed. That word for is because. So it connects what he says in verse 14 with verse 13. So verse 13, a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord does. And in verse 14, because he knows how we're made and he remembers that we are dust. Listen to this. The psalmist here isn't just saying, well, God already knows you're kind of messed up, you're kind of weak and flawed, you've got a lot of issues, but he loves you anyway. It's a lot more than this. It's more intentional. There's a cause and effect here. What the, what the psalmist is saying is this. He loves you with his deep down, passionate kind of love and compassion, not just in spite of yourself, but because, because you are dust. You know, to illustrate it this way, if you ever go shopping for a pet or for, you know, like a, for a dog, you know, it, it's one thing to go to get a dog, you pick a dog that you think is the cutest, the healthiest, right, the most well-behaved, and then you take it home, and then you realize it's got a lot of issues. Like, it, it pees uncontrollably. But by then, you're already in love with the pet, right? And you say, well, that's fine. I'll love it anyway, right? But it's a completely different thing to go looking for a dog and saying, I want a dog with three legs, one eye, and bad hygiene, and say, I love that one. I'll take that one. You see the difference? The psalmist here is describing the Father's love and compassion that goes out to people, not in spite of, but because, because they are dust, because they desperately need him. God's love is a different thing. It's not conditional. It's unconditional. It's unconditional. In fact, let me argue, it's more than unconditional. It's counter-conditional. It goes against the conditions that you and I always set up in our relationship with others. Friends. Stop being friends because they said the wrong thing, because a person did the wrong thing, they crossed the line. It's conditional. Lovers. Stop being lovers because they did the wrong thing, said the wrong thing, made a mistake. No more lovers. It's conditional. But fatherly love, God's love, even though his children aren't the best, in fact, sometimes they're the worst, fatherly love and compassion and care goes out to them even more, even more. 
You know how it is. If you have more than one kid, you know, let's say you have three, four, five kids, but all of them are doing well except for that one. You know, every day you're thinking about the one kid who's sick. Your compassion goes out to that one kid. You got all their kids, but that one child who's suffering, your heart goes out to them even more. Right? The Father's compassion and love says that no matter who you are, no matter what you do, you have my loyalty. No matter what you have done, no matter who you are, you have my love. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what you really want? I mean, I think that's what the world wants. If you remember, there's this movie in 2008 called Stardust, and in it, the two characters, Tristan and Evane, Evane was played by Claire Danes, and uh, she confesses her love. Right? This is not a Christian movie, but she confesses her love to Tristan, and this is what she says. She says, quote, You know when I said I knew little about love? That wasn't true. I know a lot about love. I've seen it centuries and centuries of it, and it was the only thing that made watching your world bearable. All those wars, pain, lies, hate, it made me want to turn away and never look down again. But when I see the way that mankind loves, you could search the furthest reaches of the universe and never find anything more beautiful. So yes, Tristan, I know that love is unconditional. Everybody wants this. Isn't it a good thing? Don't you want this kind of love? Don't you expect this kind of love, this loyal, unconditional, passionate, deep, heartfelt love, even when you fail, still goes out to you even more? And don't we oftentimes fail to give what we want the most? And Psalm 103 is saying that the kind of love that we want the most, the kind that we oftentimes fail in giving, is found in Him. It's in Him. It is Him. It comes from Him. Okay? Passionate, unconditional. And the third thing we see here, angry. Angry. Now listen carefully, okay? You know, when I first had my kids, I told myself, I'm never going to be like my dad because my dad, I felt like, was always angry with me, right? He was scary. He's the authority. Mom was the other one, but he was the authority. And so I used to say to myself as a young kid, I will never be like my dad. I am never going to get that angry, right? You know, there would be times where he would punish me and sometimes his watch would fall off because his arms would be swinging like this back in the day. And I said, I'm not going to do it. Now, Here's the thing. Before you start thinking that all we're saying here in this passage is it's all about grace and compassion and love, and so fathers, you need to be gracious and and more compassionate and more loving because God is gracious and more compassionate and loving. But I want you to look at verse 8 and 9, right? The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, chastise, punish, nor will he keep his anger forever. Do you hear what the psalmist does not say? It doesn't say, well, if you love somebody, you'll never get angry. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that the Lord is merciful and gracious and he never gets angry. What does it say? The psalmist says he's slow to anger. 
Verse 9, it doesn't say that he never chides or chastises or scolds or disapproves and he never gets angry. But what does he say? He says he won't always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. This is what it means. God gets angry. God gets angry, even at people he says he loves. In fact, the NIV translation reads it like this, verse 9, he will not harbor his anger. And here's the truth. If you love someone, you're going to get angry. And the more you love someone, the more that person can make you more angry. Now, how does this work? How does this work with a God who is supposed to be the Father, whose love is passionate and unconditional? How does that work? And the difference is in the kind or the type of anger. Because normally when we think of angry or anger, normally we think of someone or something that's happened to us, and we respond with retaliation. Right? If you, if you hit me, if you make fun of me, if you put me down, guess what? I'm going to get angry, and what do I do? I'm going to do the same to you. I'll hit you back. The kind of anger that is, is for retribution. It's in it for retaliation. It's payback anger. If you put me down, if you humiliate me, if you offend me, if you're just mean to me, I'm just going to get angry, and I'm going to say, how could you do that to me? That's so wrong. How would you feel? How would you like it if I did this to you? So the picture of this kind of anger is like you've got this um, axe to grind. It, it, it's time to hit back. It's time to revenge. You know, you know in your mind when you, you picture and you have this recording of what happened to you and you rewind it and you think, well, now, next time it happens, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to tell them. This is what I'm going to say. And it's basically saying, don't mess with me. Okay? Now, if that's the anger, think of the damage that kind of anger can do when it comes from a father or a mother to their children. If your kid inconveniences you, doesn't listen to you, causes you pain, disrespects you, and you retaliate with this kind of anger, what are you doing? You're paying your kid back. So in the end, your anger, in your anger, you end up frightening, you end up scaring, emotionally beating up your child. And the only message we're sending when we're like this, even as a parent, is don't mess with mom and dad. Right? But that is not the anger that we're talking about here in the psalm. The anger that God is talking about is different. Verse 10, he says, he doesn't deal with us according to our sins. He doesn't repay us. He doesn't repay us according to our iniquities. That's what he says in verse 10. First of all, the Father's anger is driven by love. How do I know? Because it says he's slow to anger, and he won't keep his anger forever. The anger is temporary. The love, the mercy, the compassion is permanent. And there are some of us here that might think that if we love someone, we should never be angry at them, because being angry is not being loving. Being angry is the opposite of love. That's what we think. Eli Wiesel, Nobel laureate, a Holocaust survivor, said this, quote, anger isn't the opposite of love, and we said this before, but anger isn't the opposite of love. Hate is. And the ultimate form of hate is not anger. It's indifference. End quote. It's, I don't care about you anymore. You don't exist to me anymore. 
That's the opposite of love. So here's the point. If you never get angry with someone you love, if nothing ever bothers you about the persons you love, then I've got to wonder whether you really love. Because God shows us a kind of compassion, a kind of love that loves the child so much, it hates the brokenness. It hates the sinfulness. It's the kind of anger that is emotional, but at the same time under control. It's not in it for retaliation. It doesn't have that ax to grind. And even then, it's the kind of anger that doesn't linger or last. So there are two kinds of fathers you don't want to be, or two kinds of fathers you don't want to have. One is the kind that always gets angry in retaliation. Not loving, just payback. Gets very angry and scary. And that's not good. But the other kind that you don't want to have or be is the kind that never gets angry. The kind that's always permissive. Never lays down boundaries or standards. Never confronts. That's called neglect. And that's not good either. The kind of anger we need and should want is the kind that gets emotionally involved with us, but with no axe to grind. The kind that looks at us, sees our weakness, even our mistakes and sins, sees our, our dust, and gets concerned out of love, seeks to correct out of love, and then disciplines out of love. That's why Hebrews 12 in the New Testament, Hebrews 12, verse 6, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Why does he do this? Because he's the father who shows compassion to those who are his. So there you go. In just a few verses, that's the picture of a father whose love is passionate, who's unconditionally, counterconditionally even, patient and loving even in his anger. Now here's the question. What kind of father, if you're a father, what kind of father are you? What kind of father do you or, or, or did you have? I mean, what's your reality? Now let me be very honest, sometimes, many times, I myself as a parent, so far from this picture of what a father should be. I'm not always as compassionate as I should be. I'm not always emotionally available all the time. My love doesn't always express itself as unconditional. And I get angry in oftentimes sinful ways, wrong ways. In other words, I'm not a perfect dad. And many times, you know what I do? I blame my own dad. Well, it's his fault because he was so tough and he was emotionally unavailable and he got so scary angry. Now, I'm not saying I had a bad father, just not perfect like me. Now, maybe your reality is different. Maybe your father is closer to this picture than mine. And maybe you're a father or a mother now that's progressing and doing this and growing this way. Or on the other hand, maybe you're one of those who think, my parents, my dad, stunk. You have that look on your face, you know, remember that movie Empire Strikes Back and Luke Skywalker finds out that Darth Vader's his dad? And what does Darth Vader say to Luke? He says, Luke, I'm your father. And there's this look of horror. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's the dad you feel like you had. Maybe that's your reality. You had Darth Vader for a dad. And so that's why you say, well, I'm going to have a hard time being a good parent because no one loved me like Psalm 103, because no one loved me like this. I mean, I had Darth Vader for a dad. 
Or maybe you knew someone who grew up without a father or a mother, so has no clue. Maybe your reality is that your parent is no longer with you today. But whatever kind of parent you have, whatever kind of parent you've had, whatever kind of parent you are, what you have to realize is that fathers, mothers, and children, at the end of the day, like verse 14 says, we're just dust. We're just dust. We're limited, we're finite, we're temporary, and worse, we're sinners. And we live in a world that's fallen and affected by sin. So some of you might say, well, my parents were terrible, and that's why I'm so bitter after all these years. Well, of course they may have been bad. What else could they do? They're, they're imperfect. How can it be otherwise? There's no perfect parent. And some of you might say, well, well, I, well I'm a bad parent. I'm terrible as a father or mother. I'm not as good doing the things like Psalm 103 says. And, and the psalm is saying, oh, well, of course that's the way it is, because how can it be otherwise? You're dust. You're limited. You're finite. And so that means if you are looking for a kind of love that's forgiving, gracious, caring, the kind that, that protects and the kind that makes wrongs into rights, a kind that is compassionate, unconditionally compassionate, mercifully angry, the way it's supposed to be, if you want that, you've got to go to the source. It's not your parents. It's not you. It's God. And God who says, as a father who shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. That's your father's love. How do I know? Isaiah 53, verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. In our passage here in verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Here's what the Father's love does. In order to remove our transgressions from us, right? Verse 13, Jesus the Son was wounded. In order for the Father to forgive our iniquity, it was Jesus the Son that got crushed. The reason why the Father will not always chastise or keep his anger forever is because on his own son was the chastisement that brought us peace, Isaiah 53. Jesus bore the full anger of God on the cross. The Father gives up his only son so that now, like Romans 8 and Galatians 4, we can call this God by the very same words that only Jesus said, Abba, Father. Or if you're Korean, Abba, Father. Do you see why the psalmist says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is your steadfast love for us? Because he does what no earthly father would ever do, and that is to give up his only son, whom he loved, so that we could be his children. So that when we pray, how do we pray? We don't just pray, dear God. What do we pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, no matter what kind of father you have or had, whether good or bad, 
Even if you feel like you had no father at all, no matter what kind of father you think you are, because of Jesus Christ, we get a real father. Because of the passionate, unconditional compassion of God that he shows us in verse 13, because of what God does for us on the cross, we get a real heavenly father. Now, if you really understand this, this ought to be one of the most encouraging things to you. If you could actualize this in your life, the next time you feel lonely, the next time things aren't going well for you in life, you feel abandoned, the next time you act, you act like you're the only one who takes care of yourself and you act like an orphan who has no father, I wish people could believe more of this. The next time they feel like they got the short end of the stick or that God doesn't seem to care or doesn't like them anymore or the next time they feel like they can't measure up to someone's standard, even their own, that they never had a good parent or that they struggle being a good parent, that an amazing creator of the universe is also your perfect heavenly father who loves you like his only son. And he says to you, in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your dust, he says, not Darth Vader, he says, I'm your father. And I want you to know, I love you. I'm so very proud of you, my son, my daughter. That's the father we have. And when we really remember and believe this, that we are all now sons and daughters of a perfect, holy, and yet compassionate father, what happens? What do children do in relationship to their parents? They start looking like them. They start acting like them. When we learn to appreciate our sonship, we appreciate more his fatherhood. We start looking like the father. We are empowered by the gospel. We repent and die to the failures and sins of our own parenting. We start taking after our Heavenly Father, who is holy but also patient and compassionate. So we go to the source. Whether in a relationship to your own dads or whether you struggle to be a good one, we go to a God who says, I'm your Heavenly Father. I gave you my son. Love me. Live with me. Be like me. And so today, I want to encourage you, wherever you are, however you feel, let's be thankful for our dads today. As imperfect, as dusty as they are, but more than that, let's also be thankful that we have a heavenly Father who loves us as we are. Happy Father's Day. Let's pray. Father, many of us know who uh, you are and, and uh, what you've done and what you say in your word, but we sometimes fail to appropriate it in our lives, in our hearts, to apply it uh, in the very most ordinary and uh, mundane things. Uh, we, all of us, hold family at a very high price and level. Uh, all of us, whether children or parents, uh, in some way or another, positively or neg negatively affected, we, we value uh, those relationships to the utmost. And yet, many times, if not all the time, we have fall short of what we feel we should be, what we should do, how we should be. 
we fall short of the standards that you've called us to be, whether as children or parents. Remind us today, Lord, that we are, in fact, at the end of the day, all dust. That these are huge responsibilities that just aren't done out of a sheer giftedness or talent that one or two people have, but Lord, it's a, a calling that you've given to all of us in one way or another, and uh, for that, we need your grace, we need your mercy and patience, we need your strength and wisdom. Uh, we need a bigger and more clearer picture of who you are to us, who you've been to us, and we need your spirit to take those things and ask them to apply those things to our lives in our everyday relationships. And so, Lord, as we recognize and uh, celebrate in, in our own ways, however we do it, our, our own parents, our own fathers, we pray, Lord, uh, that we are always thankful in spite of the weaknesses and failures, in spite of the losses, that we are thankful not only that we are called to be and called to have a good father, but also, Lord, that you are indeed the true and only perfect Heavenly Father who does care. Remind us of this truth as we continue to live in this place. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.